This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Greta Thomas. And I'm Claire Hatton. And you are in the right place if you're after inspiration, uplifting stories and practical advice from innovative and pioneering women around the globe. So if you're looking to get ahead or trying to figure out what's next for you, stay tuned. And if you're enjoying our podcast, share it with a friend now. Absolutely. Share the love, people. And now to this week's episode. Hello, g'day, bonjour, how are you going? Today's episode is all about how to make having difficult conversations a little less difficult and hopefully a lot more effective. Yeah, and they're never fun, are they? No, they're not. But it's safe to say that whether in life or at work, broaching subjects we know are sensitive, controversial or challenging has to be done if we want to succeed in things that are important to us. Yeah, so true. But there are skills and practices you can learn which will really help you navigate these tricky situations more easily. In fact, we teach how to have difficult work conversations in our leadership programs at companies around the world. And our participants tell us that these skills really help. They certainly do. In fact, there are some general principles that we're going to share with you right here today. Plus, we're going to explore some specific difficult conversation scenarios, two in fact. One of those is when you have to give someone feedback. And the other scenario we're going to look at is saying no to someone, including when you turn down what they think are great opportunities. Both are crackers, aren't they? Well, cracker of difficult conversations. They certainly can be. And Claire, out of curiosity, what was the last difficult conversation you had to have? Mm, Well, actually, I have to have quite a lot of difficult conversations in the work that we do. So the last really difficult conversation I had was when I had to give someone some feedback that the way that they behaved in the meetings was both inappropriate and condescending. Well, that sounds quite sensitive information to deliver. How did it go? No, it really was. But actually, it went as well as it could do. I did prepare a lot and we'll talk about that later. Yeah, it's so important. But the person I was actually delivering it to wasn't really that aware that what he was saying was belittling and and he was actually genuinely sorry. That's good. Yeah. You know, he likes to have a bit of a joke and I think just sometimes he steps over the line. So now I'm helping him know where the line actually is. Yeah, that's really good. And so thinking now back to where we're going today with this episode, before we dive into the two types of difficult conversation we're going to cover today, 
we want to share with you three helpful things to do, and you mentioned one of them just then, before approaching any difficult conversation. We do indeed. And the overall thing here, as I said, is that you need to prepare if you want your conversation to go well. It's so, so important. It really is. You can't just walk in and not have prepared. The first thing we'd recommend is to ask yourself these three questions. Firstly, what does success look like? In other words, after you've had the conversation you think you want to have, how do you want things to be with this person and or this situation? This first question will help you be clear on what your objectives are. Then you want to ask yourself, how does he, she see the situation? What is likely to be common ground that we can agree on? This question really helps you see it from the other person's perspective. And the more you can do that ahead of time, the more likely you'll be able to frame the conversation that will land well. Absolutely. And that's so critical, isn't it? If you can have that empathy up front and try and imagine how the other person is feeling about you know, the situation or what their position is, then that will make such a difference in how you frame your conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So after you've asked those two great questions you just shared with us, Claire, firstly, what does success look like to you once you've had the difficult conversation? And secondly, how does the other person see this situation? Then the third question to ask yourself is, What's the best way and time for this person to hear this message? And for that matter, for you to deliver the message as well. In other words, what do you know about the way they like to communicate or how they're likely to react? Are they someone who's pretty short, sharp and to the point? Or do they like quite a lot of small talk up front, for example? And then there's the time of day. Imagine if you know you've both got to attend pretty long, important meeting, then choosing to speak with that person immediately after you've both come out of that meeting, for example, is probably not the best time if it's about a different issue, because you're probably both a bit tired and a bit, you know, sort of not at your best. So that's probably not the right time. And then another thing to think about is any potential cultural contexts that you might need to take into account. And then finally, as I sort of said at the end of this question, how are you? Like if you're, if you've woken up there, I, you know, I have days when I wake up and it's just like, I'm in a bad mood. Like often my dreams affect how I wake up. And so if you know you're not in the right headspace, then don't try and have the conversation. Postpone it for a day. Yeah, absolutely. And asking those three questions up front for any difficult conversation really can help you get clear on the how, the why, and the when in particular. That's for sure. Now, the other thing that's important before having any type of difficult conversation, once you've done the preparation and you're about to go in and have this conversation, is to take a moment beforehand to really ground yourself. Take a breath before that meeting or that phone call and pause. And then once the conversation begins, really be present and make sure that you allow the other person time to process. You don't need to fill all the silences. Yeah, absolutely. And, and during the conversation, be sure to listen really well to their responses. 
And I don't mean just listening to the words, I mean watching their body language as well and looking for any conflicts between the two. Yeah, that's great. This leads us to think about the first and very common scenario we're talking about today. And that is when you need to give someone feedback. Now, our amazing NASA guest who was on the show a few months back, Trudy Cortez, clearly has learned to take time to prepare before giving feedback and to think about the right time and place in particular. Here she is now. Yeah, I think really in especially a sensitive situation, it's really just best to wait until to do it in a timely way, but wait till a one-on-one situation. This goes back to great bosses I had early on in my career that you praise in public, but then you talk through those types of things in private. And I also think that it can diffuse the situation a little bit. If you bring it up in public, it just could be really embarrassing for the individual. I just don't think that's really the right route to go. That's a great golden rule, isn't it? Praise in public and give feedback in private. Sure is. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, what about the how? You know, okay, I I get that I should, you know, give developmental feedback in private, but what about the actual content of what I say? Well, good question. Claire and I both use and teach a feedback model, which we think is valuable to help you deliver feedback in a constructive way. It's called the SBI model, and the S is for situation, the B is for behavior, and the I is for impact. It was developed by the Center for Creative Leadership, and we think it's a really great and simple tool to use. Yeah, and basically, it's just a way of structuring the feedback and not making any assumptions about the other person's thoughts or motivations, but keeping it purely to what you observed and its impact on you. That's exactly right. Claire, do you want to share an example of, you know, how you use the model? Mm, Sure. Okay. All right. So let's imagine that we've been in a sales meeting and Greta, I'm going to call you Jane so you just don't get your back up. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Kid gloves, Claire. Kid gloves. (laughs) So Jane, is it okay if we just have a quick chat about that sales meeting this morning? Yes, sure. Is it okay if I give you some feedback? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. So this morning in the sales meeting, Do you remember that point in the meeting where you were talking about the benefits that the client would receive? Yeah. So at that point, what I noticed in terms of your behavior was that your eye contact was just focused on the chief financial officer. And the impact was that the other people in the room, including the chief marketing officer and the um, head of HR, actually felt like they weren't part of the conversation. And I noticed that their eyes were wandering and I really felt like you missed the opportunity to bring everybody on board. So, you know, that's just how I felt it went. What did you think? Whoa. Um, Well, continuing the role play here, listeners, I didn't realize I wasn't aware of that at all. Um, Yeah, no, it's such an easy thing to do. It really is. But I think, you know, maybe next time what would be really good is just to make sure that you're ensuring that you're looking and bringing everybody into the conversation. Right. Um, If if we're going into another meeting again in the next few days, if you think of it, can you remind me and I will also try to do some kind of notes in my calendar to remind myself before meetings as well because it's it's not something I'm even aware that I'm doing yeah absolutely absolutely and what other options could there be do you think how do you mean well in terms of you know there's writing stuff down and reminding I can remind you what other things could you do um 
Well, I am kind of a a write things down. That's one way I do sort of try to remind myself if I've got some kind of habit I need to change to be aware of it. I'm just trying to think about how I was during that actual moment in the conversation. Probably I just need to try to also take a few more breaths and relax a bit more into the conversation so I'm a little bit more human and able to kind of try to genuinely connect with the people in the room. I think, you know, I was, especially because you were there as well, I really wanted to nail those bullet points of the key sort of selling points that we were wanting to get across. So I think I was so focused on them, I wasn't focused on the human side. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I know exactly how you feel. Sometimes I really feel like that too. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Brilliant. Okay, well, next time we'll definitely work together and really uh, I think you'll nail it. Oh, that'd be great. Thanks so much. There you go. Woohoo. We are Oscar winners or what? Amazing. How was my Jane, Claire? Incredible, actually. (laughs) Very impressive. Very impressive. (laughs) Great. Well, I don't think you could have had a better illustration of the SBI model listeners. Claire is a master at giving feedback and I, as Jane there, was kind of (laughs) certainly taken aback initially and then she made me think, so that was really good. But, you know, even with a useful model to help you give the feedback, it's still really human to feel very hesitant or uncomfortable about actually delivering developmental feedback to someone. Claire made it sound easy, but we all know in real life that when you go to have a conversation like that, it can be confronting, can't it, Claire? Yeah, uh, totally. I mean, honestly, usually I am feeling fear. Yeah. Even though I've done it many, many times and I feel quite confident doing it, I'm still feeling that my heart is racing in my chest. Yeah, yeah. No, me too. Exactly. Because I think, you know, one reason that happens to us is, we know, we are conscious that sometimes when you give feedback, the other person won't react well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we can be unpredictable, us messy human beings. Yes, we can. The thing is that we all know that one of the best ways to grow and achieve is by receiving feedback on how we're going and what we can improve. They don't call it the breakfast of champions for nothing, you know. No, exactly. So you have to keep reminding yourself that you are giving someone a gift when you give feedback. It is a difficult conversation, but please give it a go and try the SBI model. And in fact, you know, it's a really nice segue to this story from an amazing Australian entrepreneur, Cyan Taid. She was on the show a little while back. And in a minute, you're going to hear her telling us a story about how she was thinking about giving feedback to someone who wasn't performing well. Here she is. My creative director, Mirta, she's just really wise, my creative director, Faye Tiger, and I can go to her and I can talk to her about stuff. And I remember one day there was a really difficult sort of people thing happening and I said to her, oh, it's just really difficult feedback to give and I'm wondering if I can kind of sugarcoat it a bit. She said, you are not doing them a service by shielding them from feeling the pain because if they don't feel the pain, they're not going to grow and you're not actually helping them. You think you are, but really you're only helping yourself right now. Yeah, make you feel better about the conversation. It's so true, isn't it? 
It's not comfortable to deliver difficult information, but procrastinating about giving feedback and using the excuse that you'll shield them from the pain is most likely about you shielding yourself rather than the other way around. Yeah, shielding yourself from that feeling of discomfort and awkwardness. Yeah, for sure. Well, so in summary, feedback is so important for everybody. And the SBI or Situation Behavior Impact Model is a really useful tool to use. Now, our second difficult conversation scenario is those times when you have to say no to someone. Mm -hmm. Now, it's hard to choose another situation because there are so many difficult conversations, but this one can be really, really tough. Yeah, you're right. We obviously can't cover all the different scenarios in one episode, but we figured these are two really doozies. Absolutely. Now, it might be that you're saying no to a job offer, or it might be no to a colleague asking for your help, to name two examples. What we find is that people, and particularly women, often find it difficult to say no. It's true. You know, I think it's because women are actually tend to be more wired to want to be liked and therefore have a greater tendency to be people pleasers and not want to say no when compared to men. And Claire, you and I were talking about this in a whole different context just earlier today, weren't we, about how you were saying this research showing that women based on evolution, you know, we're actually wired to be more conciliatory because we, in those early caveman days, women were the ones who were more vulnerable and had to look after children and so needed protectors around them and had to therefore stay on their good side for, you know, explaining it in a very crude way. Yeah, absolutely. They needed to know whether they were in the in-group or the out-group and being in the out-group Seriously, it was a dangerous place to be. A very dangerous place to be. That's what the scientists think. And actually, you know, in the terms of the people I coach, women do tend to be more sensitive and concerned about the consequences of saying no more than the men I coach. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Now, when we're talking about saying no here, we're referring to those situations which are genuinely discretionary. I'm sure that we can all think of times in our life as employees where we've wanted to say no. Uh-huh. But actually what we're talking about is a core part of the job and we're just not feeling like it today. Yeah, exactly. So this is not about when your boss is saying, I really need you to do this. No, this is not an option. This is not the scenario we're talking about. So we've all had those situations, but I do get what you mean. I know I've had to turn down job offers in the past, for example, and it's a really uncomfortable and actually surprisingly nerve wracking thing to do. You worry that the other person will think you've been a time waster for even putting your hat in the ring for the job. Or you get worried that they perhaps will never approach you again if it's a headhunter. Or, you know, there's so many different fears that you can have when you are saying no to somebody. Oh, yes, I do. I know that well. And in fact, a great example of that is when our fashion influencer and publisher guest, Caroline Issa, talks about turning down clients who want to work with her company, The Tank Group. So we've actually had clients that have been incredibly difficult to deal with where we've said, it's just not worth it. We're too small. This is so much about us and what we love doing rather than the money and the paycheck. And we've probably given up very lucrative clients because we just didn't want to always have such a competitive relationship. It's definitely not easy turning down work if you work for yourself or have your own business, is it? No, no, it's not. How do we make it easier? 
<laughs> well, glad you asked. <laughs> One of the key things here is to know what's important to you in life and work. What we heard from Caroline was that clearly she and her business colleagues aren't in it just for the money or the paycheck. They want to have good, non-combative working relationships. And if they can't, well, they'll just say no. Yeah, knowing your values and what's important to you can be so helpful in becoming more confident in what you should say yes to and, of course, what you might be better off saying no to. If you're unsure what your core values are, and they do change over time, then email us at claireandgreta at don'tstopusnow.co, I'll spell it in a minute, and we'll send you a copy of a really useful exercise that helps you identify your values or update them if necessary. So our email is claireandgreta, and that's claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, A-N-D for and, Greta is G-R-E-T-A at don'tstopusnow.co. So email us for that exercise. And when someone asks you to do something, don't feel forced to answer on the spot. You can nearly always say, can I come back to you? Yeah, good point. The other thing is to get comfortable with silence. Sometimes when we need to say no to someone or about something, we then feel obliged to over-explain or over-apologize and we really shouldn't. Oh, it's such a common trap, isn't it? It really is, you know, and sitting in silence actually gives you time to formulate your response rather than actually just agreeing to do it because you feel kind of nervous not to. And well, the other part about sitting in silence is when you've said no, you often want to seem like a nice person. And I know that I certainly can tend then to want to potentially overshare all the reasons that I've come up with to explain to them why I need to say no on this occasion, when actually the best and the most professional way to say no is to say so succinctly and with a simple brief reason and not go overboard or over-apologize. Just plan what you're going to say and then say it and Mm. then, as you've said, get comfortable with pausing and silence. Yeah, no, exactly. So that's saying no. Remember to refer back to your values when it's a decision to say no to an opportunity. And remember not to overdo or over-apologize for saying no. Get comfortable with the short and concise and silence afterwards. The other person will fill the silence if you let them. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, there we have it. A short episode on difficult conversations because we acknowledge it's a really big topic. And in particular, we focus today on giving feedback and saying no to someone. The key to all difficult conversations is preparation and all that thinking up front, which we covered earlier, plus having the ability to stay present, calm, and really listen to the other person. Indeed. Well, that's this episode done and dusted. Don't let fear of difficult conversations hold you back from having them, as this can negatively impact your career. So if there's been a conversation you've been putting off, then think about having it soon. Yes, do indeed. Now stay tuned for our next episode to hear the amazing story of the 92-year-old, yes, 92-year-old pioneering businesswoman, and she was a fashion model, who's become a bit of a rock star in China in the past few years. Can't wait. Nor me. Okay, ciao for now.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.